Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Kicks and Dribbles. I'm Dan McClay, where every week we do a spin move, we do a volley, we even take a couple of shots at world soccer. And boy, we've got some stuff to talk about this week, because for the first time in about eight months, the U.S. men's national team actually played as a cohesive unit and played two games. Boy, I'll tell you what, this is exciting, because it's been, what, since about February, I think, that the U.S. men's national team has not played. Of course, the players have played with their club teams throughout Europe, but uh, as a cohesive unit, they have not hit the pitch. And they uh, hit the pitch this past week, laced up the boots, and off they went. And uh, it was quite interesting to watch because the energy among these youngsters is absolutely incredible. And it kind of makes you wonder that maybe the USA might be back on the international scene. We shall find out as time progresses. In the meantime, it started this past Thursday in Wales, Swansea City, Wales, down on the coast where the weather is, to say the least, not the greatest in the world, okay? Uh, you know, if you live in Wales, it's something you accept and you live with it. But, uh, you know, rain, rain showers, wind, uh, about 50 degrees, <laughs> not really your kind of uh, soccer weather. But for the most part, I don't think the USA players really cared because a lot of these guys do play, well, actually all of them play in Europe. And so they're kind of used to this uh, lousy weather that goes through Europe in the wintertime. And uh, it, was, it was not pleasant at all in Swansea City on Thursday. Uh, but I thought the USA came out, looked good. They played cautious in the first half, which I expected. Because, again, eight months have gone by. They haven't done anything together. They have, uh, they have not been as a unit passing the ball back and forth. So it was kind of like get, get, used to, get used to know your neighbor type thing. Um, uh, the first half was good. Um, Wales... Uh, Wales did uh, come out a little bit aggressive, um, but it was not a, a situation where the USA had to panic. The back line did very well. Uh, Gareth Bale did not play for Wales, which helped tremendously because that took a lot of pressure off the defense. So in the first half, at the halftime, it was 0-0. Uh, again, something that was expected. Uh, I expected a little bit more in the second half as far as maybe a push was concerned, as far as maybe bringing the ball uh, more aggressively through the midfield or getting it out to the wing and then playing it back in. Uh, it was tried on a couple of occasions, but the field was just uh, a little bit difficult to deal with as far as being slippery and being a little bit uh, heavy. And so the USA uh, did what they could. They, uh, they mustered, uh, mustered up uh, some, uh, some drives, but uh, could not uh, do anything. And Wales, uh, basically the USA midfield, held Wales pretty much in check. So the game ended in a 0-0 draw. But a takeaway is that the fact the USA played well, nobody got hurt. Um, USA passed well. Um, they looked somewhat confident. They looked like they enjoyed being on the field with each other, which is a major step forward. So at this point, um, Wales and USA 0-0 this past Thursday. Uh, good result. Uh, we'll take it. Uh, at least it wasn't a loss. And let's move on. So the USA then flew down to Werner Neustadt, which is a city in Austria, south of Vienna. Um, now, the weather in Austria in the wintertime, as you and I both know, is not the greatest in the world. Uh, Austria is known for lots of snow. They are a country known for, obviously, in the Olympics for skiers. And so um, what, what, what do you expect when you go to Austria to play a soccer game in November, okay? So they get there, and uh, on this uh, Monday, they, um, they decided that uh, they were going to have a good game because they were going to play Panama. Now, Panama flew all the way over, you know, about what, a 10-hour, 11-hour flight from Panama City uh, to Wiener Neustadt to play the USA. Um, the weather was 
I, I, I got to tell you, the weather was amazing. 49 degrees and cloudy, just perfect weather conditions to play football in Europe in November. So small stadium, nobody there, obviously. And uh, the game kicked off. Uh, referee was from right there in Austria. And so the USA and Panama are going back and forth. Panama scored first on a running header. Uh, defense got kind of mixed up on their assignments. And Panamanian guys stood through and a nice cross off the wing. And ball was in the net. one nothing Panama. Nine minutes into the game. Okay. That's not bad. All right. So we go along. And the next thing you know, Gio Reyna hits a low swerving direct kick. And it's 1-1. And then Gionacci, 22 minutes. Gionacci again at 26 minutes. And the USA is up. Two to one. And then uh, then we come on, going on, and uh, the USA is up three to one at this point, and that's the way we go to halftime. USA is looking very, very sharp. Good passing, good pushing through the uh, Panama Panamanian defense, uh, good forcing of corner kicks, and good uh, shutting down of the Panamanian speed through the attack zone. That's something you got to watch with Panama. They will counterattack you to death if you let them. Now, one thing about Panama, they have changed coaches this past July, and now they've got a European in charge. This is a little bit different because in the past, the Panamanian uh, was in charge of the Panamanian uh, team, and their uh, their strategy in the game was pretty much the way uh, many Latin American teams play. That was a lot of physical at play, um, a lot of uh, finesse, and a lot of maybe long passing. Okay. This guy comes in, Thomas Christensen. Now, this is a name that's not basically on the radar with a lot of people. Thomas Christensen is of a Spanish mother, but he was born in Denmark. Played for Spanish national team. He's also played for several teams throughout Europe. He also coached uh, at, you know, among other places, Leeds United up there in England. So um, this past uh, year, he was at uh, Royal Union St. Gilles which is a team in France, or rather, excuse me, a team in Belgium. Uh, in May 2020, they came to a mutual agreement that he would depart. Then July 23rd of 2020, he was named the head coach of the national team of Panama. He's got a very good strategy about the way to use the speed the Panamanians possess. What the Panamanians do, especially if they're down, and especially if they are in the attack zone, they will surround the defender with the ball with three men. It's a triangular situation. It's done by several teams, and the Panamanians are putting their speed to use using this strategy, and it works. It causes the defense to become very disorganized, and nine times out of ten, you're going to get a turnover somewhere in the attack zone. So 3-1 halftime, USA is up. They come out in the second half, and Panama puts in this three uh, around the ball in the attack zone, and it leads to a goal, 79th minute. So we got a 3-2 game. Panama is putting on the pressure. The USA does look a little bit disorganized in the defensive midfield area. Back line seems to be holding pretty good, but the defensive midfield is, seems to be a little bit um, kind of lost in what uh, what they need to do as far as uh, getting their assignments in, in, uh, in, in line. So as the game is progressing, all of a sudden, uh, Greg Berhalter makes some substitutions, and in comes Mr. Soto. Soto is a Great youngster. He's going to have a great future. This kid is exciting to watch. So he comes in about the oh, 75th, 78th minute. And what does he do? Ah, he just gets a goal in the 83rd minute. Next thing you know, it's 4-2. to two. Then Yedget, who also came in with uh, Soto, and he plays for the LA Galaxy, uh, he gets a goal in the 87th minute. So next thing you know, it's 4-2. to two. The route is on. 
Final score, USA 6, Panama 2, Soto and Yeget, two substitutes. Each get uh, go, each get goals, as well as um, Giannacci gets uh, two goals. Now, they gave Giannacci a chance to get the hat trick, but the penalty kick he did not hit right. I'm going to get up on my soapbox here for a minute with penalty kicks. Do not get fancy. Do not try to outsmart the goaltender. A penalty kick is strictly a power situation. You pick a spot. You know you can hit that spot. And then you make sure that you nail the ball as hard as you can at that spot. Okay? So he tried to outsmart the goaltender. He hit a low shot, but it was right down the middle. Goaltender saved it very easily. However, Giannacci gets uh, two goals. No problem. He looked good in the game. Uh, Now, there are two names I haven't mentioned here that should be mentioned for the USA team. And those two names are Sardinho Dest, who plays for Barcelona, and Winston McKennie, who plays for Juventus. Now, these two Americans have come to these teams, and they have raised some eyebrows. They are playing that well. Understand this. Dest is playing with, uh, with Messi there in Barcelona, best player in the world. Uh, <laughs> um, McKennie is playing with Ronaldo there at uh, Juventus, one of the best players in the world, if not the best. So these guys are learning from real, real experts. And it shows. They were not on the scoring sheet today. They were not in the assist sheet or anything like that. But let me tell you, Weston McKinney made more pushes into the offensive zone that got the offense rolling and led to these goals that were scored. Serginho Dest was in the back line. He held that back line steady, and he made the ball push out of the back line when the came, time came. They played very, very well. And it's obvious the time they're getting on the pitch at their two club teams is really paying off. So, Serginho Dest, Weston McKinney, the two guys to watch when the USA national team takes the field. The other guys are doing very, very well as well. But these two guys have uh, gotten a lot of attention because of the teams they're going to, and their coaches are playing them on a regular basis. Now, Christian Pulisic was not there today from Chelsea. Uh, He's got a hamstring injury that he's nursing. We hope that he gets back to 100%. USA should be off now till about March when they start World Cup qualifying through CONCACAF. We'll see how that all shakes out. But in the meantime, uh, I know that Frank Lampard there at uh, uh, Chelsea is going to take care of Christian Pulisic for us. They're going to make sure he gets the top attention, and he's not going to push that uh, injury just to get him back on the field. So let's keep our fingers crossed that Christian Pulisic can get back to 100%. In the meantime, once again, USA 6, Panama 2, a great result. Good game. There was a section there in the game. Uh, right there at the beginning of the second half, for about, oh, 20 minutes, USA was off their game. It got sloppy uh, in the fact that the USA and Panama were exchanging basically fouls, and um, it got it got chippy. But um, once that Soto and Letget got into the game, well, then things changed, and all of a sudden the scoring started up again. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it was a great game to watch, and uh, I'm really excited about this USA national team. They are looking uh, really, really fresh. They're looking exciting, and they know um, what they're doing. And one thing that that just, you know, this this is a casual observation. They're having fun out there, and that is part of the situation that you've got to address, that you go out there, you have fun, understand what you got to do, but enjoy doing it. And they were having fun out there doing what they were doing. So uh, really like to see what was going on. By the way, Giochini, by the way, is an interesting deal. Uh, he signed a two-year deal with Stad Marabe uh, Cayenne, 
which is in the second division of the French League. And um, he's there with two years, and they are just high as uh, high as can be on him. They The fans like him, and the uh, management likes him. So uh, looking for big things to come from uh, Mr. Giacchini. Also, Yeget, who is with the LA Galaxy right now. Soto looked really sharp today. And Gio Reyna, who, of course, is with Dortmund, playing there with Eric Holland. Uh, Reyna looked really, really good. Scored that uh, direct kick on his 18th birthday. So as of today, he was only 17. So now he's 18, and uh, he is just looking real good. I know his dad is very, very proud of him. And, of course, we all remember what Claudio Reno did for the USA national team. Very good. So the USA team is looking good so far. Let's hope it continues. Now, while we're talking about this part of the hemisphere, let's talk about Mexico for a minute. Uh, Mexican playoffs for the uh, Mexico League. They start on uh, the 21st of this month, so we will have updates on our next broadcast uh, regarding uh, the first round of the playoffs and how they're progressing and who is paired with what. Also, Mexico is in Austria on the bubble, or in the bubble, as you could say, and uh, they played South Korea this uh, past Friday, uh, defeating South Korea 3-2. to two. Uh, Mexico did have a little bit of trouble with the South Korean speed. Those guys are very, very fast. And if you don't know how to uh, keep your shape and keep them uh, on the outside, you're going to be in trouble. South Korea was able to uh, make some inroads into the uh, Mexican defense. And so uh, the score got a little tense there for a few minutes, but Mexico prevailed three to two. Uh, they will play Japan in, uh, in uh, Graz, Austria uh, on Tuesday. And then, uh, then Mexico should be heading home for the holidays as far as that is concerned. So uh, Mexican team looking good. Tata doing a real good job keeping everybody uh, in shape and keeping everybody on their toes. And I, I, I would expect that because that's the way Tata is. Very good. Let's move on to Europe and check out a few things that went on in Europe. And my goodness, this past Wednesday on the 11th, there was a major, I'm talking major shocker that happened. It was only a friendly, but, you know, when you play friendlies, you want to win. And... Um, when France, I guess, booked this game in the Stade de France uh, against Finland, they figured, well, you know, this would be a good time to, you know, get some people into the game and, you know, work on our passing. And they weren't expecting a real, I guess, tough soccer match. Well, guess what? Finland has changed, folks. Finland is looking real good. Under Marku Karneva, they are doing very, very well. Uh, Marku's very smart. He's a good tactical guy. So Finland comes into France, and guess what? Finland walks away with not only a win, a shutout. Yes, they shut out France, two to nothing. Yes, this was in the Stade de France. I'm surprised the fans in France didn't, like, start marching or something. Uh, This was an amazing uh, situation. In the game, you had uh, France out shooting Finland 24 to 6. Just put that in your pipe and smoke it. Okay, in possession, France, 72% to 28%. Wow. In corner kicks, France 9 to Finland's 5. Amazing. France just dominated the game, but guess what? Finland won 2 to nothing. Their goals in the 28th minute and 31st minute. Right there together. And then after that, Finland just hang on. France couldn't do a thing. There was no Mbappe with France. He's still nursing an injury. But they did have there, there Giroud, Ben Yedder, Pogba, Sissoko, Digne. Uh, Steve Mandana was in goal. Uh, they had everybody there. And... Uh, <laughs> They still couldn't get the job done. Griezmann, Martial, and Carte 
uh, Conte rather, came on in the second half together. They still couldn't get anything done. Finland comes away with a 2-0 win. I don't know how long they danced in the streets of Helsinki, but I imagine it was probably for a couple of days. So uh, Finland 2, France nothing in a friendly last Wednesday. Then on Saturday, France had a chance to redeem themselves, and they went up against Portugal in Portugal. This was played at the main stadium in Lisbon. Okay, no fans present, but you know, this is an, a daunting uh, uh, venue because uh, this is a big stadium down there in Lisbon. Well, the French played a very smart game. I guess Didier Champs uh, had a uh, little talk with the team and said, look, guys, let's put our heads on straight and figure out what we're doing here. Okay, we're going up against Portugal. So uh, they went up against Portugal, played very well, played very smart, came away with a one nothing win. In another game on that Saturday, uh, Switzerland and Spain uh, played in Switzerland, and uh, that game came to a 1-1 tie, which was kind of an interesting uh, result because uh, – you know, you expect Spain to kind of dominate, but uh, Switzerland uh, Switzerland was there and did their thing. And in that game, um, uh, the uh, Spanish captain, um, Sergio Ramos, missed two penalty kicks. Yeah, two penalty kicks. Again, don't try to outsmart the goalie. It's not going to work. So uh, Switzerland, Spain, 1-1 tie on Saturday. On Sunday, a couple of interesting European matchups, and these were Nation League games. Belgium hosting England. Uh, now, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, Southgate has done a great job at England um, with the uh, with the team. Uh, he has done. Uh, he's got them thinking well. Of course, he's got Vardy up front, and Vardy's a great player. But they need to work more on getting the ball to him cleanly. It seems to be a, a, a slight problem of getting the ball through the midfield to him. So uh, Vardy's kind of left on his own. It's kind of a sad situation. However, uh, I think in the long run, uh, this will work out. Now, Belgium, of course, is coached by one of the best coaches, unknown coaches in the world, and that's Roberto Martinez. Anybody listened to the last World Cup broadcast on Fox Sports heard him talk. You know, this guy is a real genius when it comes to tactical movements. Uh, tell him, uh, Tielmans and Mertens scored for Belgium in the game. It was Belgium 2, England nothing. Uh, and the other uh, game on Sunday that was kind of an interesting one to watch, uh, Italy shut out Poland 2-0. They played very well. And Denmark defeated Iceland 2-1. Of course, Iceland's always a tough uh, opponent to deal with because they are very uh, tough as well. They have shown in the past how well they can play. Okay, um, PSG is set to make an offer to, are you ready for this, Sergio Ramos. Yeah, we were just talking about him missing two penalty kicks. Okay, yeah, Sergio Ramos. Uh, is getting going to get an offer apparently from PSG. Will he go? That's un, that's not known. But uh, apparently, it's somewhere in the middle in the neighborhood of thirty million euros. Gee, what's that pocket change? I don't know. That just sounds like a lot of money. But uh, yeah, so uh, Sergio Ramos may be going to PSG. You heard it here first. If it happens, okay. So keep your ear to the ground on that one. Uh, should be interesting to find out what the reaction will be. Uh, South American soccer is going on with World Cup qualifying. Uh, on uh, Friday, we had uh, Colombia hosting Uruguay in Barranquilla. And my goodness, uh, Uruguay came ready to play. Of course, they've got Cavani, Suarez. Cavani, by the way, now with Man United doing very well. Uh, Suarez with uh, Uruguay, of course, also Nunez. And Uruguay walks away with a 3 nothing victory in, Bar in Barranquilla. Colombia, I'm sure, was shocked. Okay, another game, uh, Chile hosted Peru. 2-0 was the final there. Chile, the home team winning. 
and also uh, Brazil hosted Venezuela, and that ended up a one nothing win for Brazil. That game was played in Sao Paulo. Okay, on Sunday, Italy hosted Poland. That was a 2 nothing win for Italy. We already told you about that one, and Denmark took care of Iceland. Okay, we got some games coming up this week that you might want to check out. There's some great soccer action. World Cup qualifying on Tuesday. Uh, Brazil is going to host Venezuela. Ecuador is going to go to Argentina. Uruguay is going to travel to Ecuador. I'm sorry, no. Chile is going to travel to Venezuela. We'll get the right column here done. Chile is going to travel to Venezuela. Colombia is going to travel to Ecuador. Brazil is going to go to Uruguay. And Bolivia is going to travel to Paraguay. That game is on Fox Deportes, if you're interested, on Tuesday. And then uh, Argentina is going to travel to Peru. Now, in the standings for World Cup qualifying in CONMEBOL, Brazil, Argentina, and Ecuador are in the top three spots, followed by Uruguay, Paraguay, and Chile. Basically, I think what everybody pretty much anticipated. Now, coming up on um, Tuesday as well, as I said, Japan's going to play Mexico in uh, Graz, Austria. That's going to be at 2 o'clock Central Time, 3 Eastern on TUDN. If you want to see European soccer on Tuesday, you can see Portugal going to Croatia. That will be a great matchup. Um, again, Portugal has got um, San, uh, Coach Santos has got uh, uh, Ronaldo playing up front, not playing in that uh, midfield position like he's used to, but he's got him playing up front and center forward. And I don't know whether that's going to work out or not, but we'll see. Uh, ESPN2 is going to carry that game, 145 Central, 245 Eastern, Portugal at Croatia. Wednesday, Nations League action. We find Netherlands at Poland, which will be a good, good game to watch. 145 Central, 245 Eastern, ESPN2. If you want to see another game, something a little bit different, Iceland will be traveling to Wembley to play England. That will be on TUDN, same times. Now, on Friday in La Liga, uh, you've got a game uh, coming back because the league start up again. League One also will start, and uh, that's going to be PSG in Monaco on Friday. That will be on BN Sport. That will start at 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern on BN Sport PSG Monaco. Uh, the MLS playoffs also start on Friday on Fox Sports 1. Saturday, the European leagues are in full swing, as well as MLS playoffs continuing. So we've got a full uh, week of um, football coming up uh, throughout the, the world, uh, especially European uh, stuff. And then we got the leagues uh, starting back up on the next weekend. We'll have a complete wrap-up of all that next week uh, here on the show, and uh, we hope you'll tune in and find out how your favorite team did. In the meantime, Lauren McClay produces uh, Kicks and Dribbles, does a great job. John Dang handles our sound, and DC McClay is in our ideas department. Please, everyone, keep washing your hands and uh, social distancing, six feet, please. Uh, let's try to knock this coronavirus uh, down where it belongs because it's starting to you know, start back up. We can't let it get back up and you know, ruin our lives like it's been doing. So wash your hands, six feet of distancing, please. In the meantime, don't let your life have too many yellow cards. <laughs>